everyone. Welcome to One Hour in the Past, our podcast series presented by the St. Catharines Museum and Welland Canal Centre and hosted by me, Kathleen Powell, Curator and Supervisor of Historical Services, and Adrian Petrie, Visitor Services Coordinator. Our community has a rich history filled with diverse stories and experiences, and we recognize that our story begins with the Indigenous peoples of this land. In the spirit of truth and reconciliation, we would like to acknowledge that we are recording today's podcast on the traditional lands of the neutrals, Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe peoples and their allies, and is adjacent to the Six Nations of the Grand River. As museum professionals, our jobs are manyfold: Managers, curators, interpreters, researchers, and much, much more. We found ourselves pining for some more interesting and perhaps wild history in our daily work. So, here's how the podcast works. We select a topic, then we each go away and have one hour to research the topic with the end goal to see how far down the rabbit hole of research we can go. So, here we go. Are you ready to head down the rabbit hole and see where one hour in the past has taken us? Let's go. down into the rabbit hole and see where our research on Canadian Thanksgiving has taken us. Just to remind everyone, Adrian and I have each taken one hour to research a topic. This week it's Canadian Thanksgiving uh, and we've researched that topic independently of each other and this is the first time that we're talking about it. Gobble, gobble, gobble! <laughs> we'll kick off our discussion the same way we kick off every discussion with a definition of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a noun. Uh, the plural of Thanksgiving is Thanksgivings, which I found interesting. Um, so number one, it's the expression of gratitude, especially to God. Uh, and then number two, specifically in North America, it's an annual national holiday marked by religious observances and a traditional meal, including turkey. Gobble, gobble. The holiday commemorates a harvest festival celebrated by the Pilgrims in 1621 and is held in the United States on the fourth Thursday in November. A similar holiday is held in Canada, usually on the second Monday in October. And I think we'll see from our research that that's a pretty basic uh, definition of Thanksgiving. I feel like this must have come from an American dictionary because it came from google so that's American. right yeah that's true because it says specifically the holiday holiday is an american holiday from the pilgrims in 1621 yes. but yeah. anyway i'm sure our research took us in fairly similar directions <laughs> well i'm gonna reveal where i ended up first before we discuss okay. so i ended up i'm just gonna go to the last page of my research here i ended up uh with uh, in in Lonsborough Lodge in North Yorkshire, um, because um, Prince Edward, Prince of Wales, okay. in 1871, uh, c contracted typhoid, and we'll find out why that's significant <laughs> at the end of my research. <laughs> Did you want to hear where I ended up? Yes, I want to hear. Yeah, yeah. Else? Let's hear where you ended up. I actually ended up with booze, <laughs> <laughs> with something. 
uh, called A Shot of Caribou. Oh, dear. Which is uh, uh, some sort of an alcoholic beverage made up of red wine, hard liquor, and maple syrup or sugar. That sounds terrible. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I ended up last. What is it again? A Shot of Caribou. Like what? Red wine? Red wine, hard liquor, and maple syrup or sugar. I don't think anyone could survive that. Well, some people must, because apparently it's a Thanksgiving tradition. <laughs> Where? In Michigan? In Canada. Oh, in Canada. I thought maybe Michigan, but all right. So um, I'm going to go first. So uh, my research is kind of strange. I ended up in a bunch of different places, um, mainly not Canadian Thanksgiving for a long time, and then I remembered what I was supposed to be looking at and went back to it. So that's reflected in my research for sure. Excellent. So uh, Canadian Thanksgiving is Monday, October 8th, <laughs> and that made this me year. think this year. Yes, that's right. That's That made me think, why Monday? Thanksgiving has been a holiday on the second Monday of October since 1957, and before that, it was a holiday. It was usually celebrated on in around that Monday or this third Monday, but since 1957 when it was officially put into holiday land, I don't even know what that's called, by Parliament, before that it was decreed every year. Yeah, and it I found wasn't that that, always in October. Sometimes right. it was as late as the first week in December. Yeah, um, and in recent history, the like after the First World War, at one point when it was decreed, uh, there was an election called, so they decreed Thanksgiving somewhere, like in another time. Um, rather than this, like in today's day and age, we would never move a holiday for an election. The election would be... A different day. They pick a different day. You can't put it on nice. a holiday kind of thing. So I kind of found that interesting. So I then started... I don't really, I don't really know much about Thanksgiving. It's not... It is one of my favorite holidays, but it's not... I'm not really a holiday person. I'm more of a food person. I don't really care what's it about. I just want the food part. Um... <laughs> So I wanted to figure out why Canadian Thanksgiving was different from American Thanksgiving. Canadian Thanksgiving is on the second Monday, like we just talked about, of October. And I think it's on a Monday likely to match our other civic holidays. Uh, American Thanksgiving is on the fourth Thursday in November. It feels like they threw a dart at a calendar. American Thanksgiving has been celebrated every year consistently since 1863. And at this point, it was still decreed, but uh, it replaced... Another interesting holiday called Evacuation Day, which celebrated. <laughs> that sounds weird. <laughs> it celebrated <laughs> and commemorated the British withdrawal from the United States after the American Revolution oh, right. on November twenty fifth. Sure, and sense. it just so happened that Lincoln, uh, during the Civil War, Lincoln decreed Thanksgiving a day of Thanksgiving to be held in or around that time period. And so then from then it was just like we'll just do it from then on, in and around the same time. Um, so again, it, just like in Canada, it was for a long time, it was celebrated by decree by various presidents to celebrate good harvest, but really was a very Christian holiday. And a lot of the language in the decrees are very Christian. So here's one from George Washington, October 3rd, 1789. The holiday is for the people of the United States to have a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many uh, single Uh, favors of almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity to peaceably establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. So just a great way of saying, yay, we won. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to thank God that we won. And we're all going to go and pray about it. 
Um, earlier Thanksgivings also include November 28th, 1782, which was proclaimed by the Congress. Well, that's exciting. December 1777, proclaimed by Washington to honor the defeat of the British at Saratoga. Harvest Festival celebrated by the Pilgrims at Plymouth in 1621, which leads to a super complicated history of Virginia and Jamestown and an ugly relationship between colonists and indigenous peoples, which I didn't really want to go into. So when my kids were little, <laughs> I don't know if I've told you this before, but when my kids were little, very first year, youngest son was in kindergarten, and he comes home just before Thanksgiving with a craft that was a, a coloring sheet of a pilgrim. Oh, okay. And I became like crazy history mom. <laughs> and at parent-teacher interviews, I actually asked the teacher <laughs> what this was all about, that we didn't have pilgrims in Canada. Don't you know your Canadian history? <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit crazy. crazy history mom should be, a, um, definitely should be like a, a t-shirt or a mug or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. So, With anyway. a little picture of a pilgrim on it. <laughs> that does. That's what I'm getting you for Christmas. It's <laughs> a little mug. Crazy history mom with a pilgrim on it. <laughs> that goes somewhat to your complicated history of Thanksgiving. Yes. I also found out something about a Ragamuffin Day, which is kind of fun because Halloween is coming up. And Ragamuffin Day uh, between the 1870s and the 1930s took place on Thanksgiving. Uh, American Thanksgiving, and typically involved children going from door to door asking for candy and money, in uh, or money in costumes that resembled the homeless. Uh, later, they dressed as sailors, bandits, or Disney characters. <laughs> costumes that resembled the homeless. Yeah, so like <laughs> that's, that's so what's like ragamuffins. Like they yeah. look like yeah. Isn't that weird? Like what a weird thing to start. Like who started that? Hey, I know what we should dress up as this year. Let's dress up as the homeless. <laughs> yeah, like, what yeah, kind of, how politically incorrect is that? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and let's get our kids to do it. And then go from door to door asking for money and candy. Uh, but Thanksgiving parades usually uh, eventually replaced these parades and the dressing up door to door traditions were sort of transferred quote unquote yeah. uh, to Halloween. Um, and I should note that this is really just a New York City thing. So it's not really a widespread thing right. but ragamuffin gotcha. parades that's it as wild <laughs> as it is is as wild and maybe politically very incorrect. specific sounds uh it sounds kind of fun it sounds like <laughs> halloween it's really just a halloween parade um but muffins reminded me the ragamuffin <laughs> the muffin of ragamuffin reminded me of food so uh surprise i went and looked up food next uh thanksgiving is a north american holiday so most of the food uh the traditional food on the menu is generally New World in origin rather than British or European menus, which we might recognize with Christmas tables. So Thanksgiving staples are turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, cranberry sauce. I found an interesting uh, note about stuffing. Oh, yes. Did you come across anything? I do, I do not talk any more about stuffing, so you better... I did actually get to food at yeah. some point in my research. Yeah, and, toss your uh, stuffing in there. Apparently some, one of the sources... <laughs> Stuff in my stuffing. Uh, one of the sources that I found said that in Canada we don't refer to it as stuffing; we dressing. call it dressing. I've always called it stuffing, <laughs> but uh, I do recall. I think my grandfather used to call it dressing, so I guess there is something to be said for that. But my dad's side of the family calls it dressing, but I never really paid attention until I don't know, maybe high school, and I said, "What the heck are you talking about?" <laughs> I want stuffing. And my dad was like, it's dressing. <laughs> so my dad's side of the family, which is very, uh, very English, calls it dressing. My mom's side of the family is way more American. Um, so, and they called it stuffing. So 
There you go. I, it must be one of those uh, terms like pop and soda and yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, cranberry sauce is on the list. It is repor- uh, Thanksgiving is reportedly the largest eating event in the United States. People eat more on Thanksgiving than on any other day. <laughs> Not wow. hard to believe, but there's stats <laughs> supporting it, so that's kind of fun. Um, the menu for the first Thanksgiving, 1621 Thanksgiving, at the Pilgrim Plymouth. The Plymouth Thanksgiving included waterfowl. Uh, venison, ham, lobster, clams, berries, fruit, pumpkin, and squash. So not far off from what we're we're Except eating for today. No turkeys. Pa de turkey, correct? No gobble gobble. Um, <laughs> order of good cheer. I came across Did you that come one across? in my Okay, I'll let you talk well. about no, order. No, 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 no. I'll let you talk about the order of good cheer because all I have is that it was a potluck. <laughs> Similar menu but potluck. So I'll let you talk about order of good cheer. The White House cookbook I found out in 1887 had this on the menu. This is while. Grover Cleveland was president, <laughs> and it included oysters on half shell, specifically, of cream of chicken soup, fried smelts, uh, sauce tartare, roast turkey, there's our gobble gobble, olives, cranberry sauce, mashed potatoes, baked squash, boiled onions, parsnip fritters, gotta turn the page, chicken salad, venison pastry, pumpkin pie, mince pie, charlotte russe, uh, almond ice cream, that sounds good. Lemon jelly, hickory nut cake, cheese, fruits, and coffee. Now, that is a typical Victorian menu, especially if you're looking at a 10-course meal. But that's a lot of food. So that's interesting. Um, Due to rationing in 1947, I'm all over the place, by the way, in terms of time periods. But anyway, due to rationing in 1947, eggless Thursdays meant that no pumpkin pie was served at the White House oh. while Harry Truman was president. What a shame. Oh, well. Maybe he just didn't like pumpkin pie. Well, they, they blame Eggless Thursdays, right. but I wonder if he did or did not. You know, some people don't. Yeah. Speaking of U.S. presidents, <laughs> I found a link Excellent. to The West Wing, one of my favorite of television shows. <laughs> what a surprise. So there are excellent Thanksgiving episodes and Christmas episodes on The West Wing. Um, but there are two in particular that just make me laugh every single time. One is when the president calls uh, the Butterball hotline and has to pretend to be someone else because he has such a recognizable voice. And it's so funny because they're, deba- they're debating the, the temperature to which uh, stuffing and the turkey must be cooked. I did come across something related to the Butterball hotline. Oh, I love it. Not that in particular, but do you want me to share? I came across a reference that in in 2013, like not that long ago, was the first time that you could call the Butterball turkey talk line and get a man. Prior to that, it was all women who gave you advice on how to cook your turkey. Although this thing still exists, you can call the Butterball turkey talk line to get cooking advice on how to cook your turkey but no men up until five years ago wow essentially that's wild yeah interesting <laughs> so the second <laughs> west wing back to the west wing <laughs> back to the west wing uh the second uh um, thanksgiving episode that i'm thinking of is when cj the press secretary has to pick between two turkeys for which one will get the presidential pardon <laughs> Which it turns out to be really silly, and it's really fun. I realized that I was spending too much time on American Thanksgiving, and I even went and looked at the parades and the Macy's Day oh, parade such great and parades. like really really yeah. cool stuff. And like I even went into like the the list of broadcasters who broadcast the parade for ABC. 
um, and NBC. Um, so that was kind of cool. I um, love those but grades. I was like, oh, I need to get back to Amer- uh, to Canadian Thanksgiving. So I went back and looked at the Order of Good Cheer, which you'll cover. And then uh, I went and looked at basically the variants of Canadian Thanksgiving. So in 1838, Thanksgiving was decreed separately in Upper Canada and Lower Canada, which is kind of cool. And in Lower Canada, it was decreed to celebrate the end of the rebellions. It was only observed six times between 1850 and 1865 when it was the United Province of Canada. So that's kind of interesting. And it was only observed midweek and it was solemn and right. of course. prayerful, obviously. Yeah. Um, after Confederation, it was observed as a civic holiday um, on April 15th, 1872. <laughs> and here's the thing. This is where I ended up. To celebrate the recovery of the Prince of Wales from a serious illness. Yeah. I actually laughed out loud. I said, you're, no, that's not true. It's that's Thanksgiving. Yes, I came across that fact as well. That's the reason for that particular Thanksgiving, April 15th, uh, 1872, to celebrate the recovery of the Prince of Wales from a serious illness. Now, I went and researched what that illness was, and it turns out that Edward had contracted typhoid in November of 1871 while staying in in North Yorkshire. But the reason why it was such a big deal was because typhoid had killed Prince Albert. So there was great national concern. For sure. And then subsequent celebration when he recovered. Right. That's great. But I still, I was like, no, that doesn't se- <laughs> Really? Are you kidding me right now? But I guess, you know, next time I get sick and then I get better, I expect a full Service of blown holiday Turkey. service of thanksgiving <laughs> the works potatoes. at the abbey you know like mashed potatoes yes a blessing by the archbishop and so forth <laughs> well <laughs> anyway so that's where i ended up i think that that just comes back to the whole idea that there's thanksgiving with the t capital t holiday day thanksgiving and then there's thanksgiving which is the act of giving thanks for something Ah, and whether or not it became a national holiday and kind of like evolved into the holiday we have now so you know the holiday itself kind of comes from that whole idea of giving thanks at some point which all uh, from the references i could find all communities indigenous european uh, everybody was had some sort of ritual surrounding the idea of giving thanks either for something like a good harvest mostly we traditionally put thanks our thanksgiving with good harvest or the fall or whatever but uh, they all had some sort of ritual that surrounded this so the indigenous people had uh, rituals that they would thank for fall harvest they would have dances and um parties uh, i guess <laughs> rituals i guess you don't really call it a party but dances and rituals pre-european contact uh in north america the europeans actually brought traditions similar to that with them that whole this whole idea of a cornucopia mm-hmm. and a lot of times you see cornucopias used as thanksgiving decorations on people's tables and stuff my mom used to have this uh, brass cornucopia shaped jello mold that you could make like a jello salad in for thanksgiving <laughs> it was, was like the 70s you know huh. <laughs> the europeans brought those with them when they came to north america and it was mostly to celebrate the harvest it goes mm-hmm. back to this whole peasant society thing 
I wish the listeners could see my face when you were describing that <laughs> salad mold. Anybody who had an orange and brown or green and yellow kitchen in the 1970s <laughs> would have remembered these brass pudding molds and jello molds hanging from the wall. They were so popular oh. at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, most of the websites that I found that were talking about Canadian Thanksgiving went back to this this uh, event in 1578 to try to prove oh, that yes. Canadian Thanksgiving was older than American Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to the um, Martin Frobisher and yeah. his crew in the Arctic and that they had a, a dinner of Thanksgiving to thank the Lord for getting them across the ocean to Newfoundland. Mm. Um, and uh, they had the really tasty feast of salt beef biscuit and mushy peas. So, totally disgusting. You can't get more British than that. Right. But in actual fact, Frobisher's Thanksgiving was really a, a communion celebration. Like, it was like a right. church service to thank, and then they all had a dinner afterwards. Yeah. Um, one source actually mentions that, you know, there was very little indigenous uh, participation in this Thanksgiving. And some one of the sources actually makes some comment about Frobisher trying to find a, an Eskimo. I'm using hand quotes here, an Eskimo to participate in their thing. And he gets uh, shot in the butt with a, an arrow or something. But uh, I don't know how. That seems like Get a very apocryphal story <laughs> yeah. to me. And most people say, you know, this seems like a... Kind of a made-up story just to come up with something. Um, So, anyway, there was (laughs) Frobisher's... A lot of sources talked about Frobisher's dinner in 1978. Um, But then, moving along in time, we go to 1606, which uh, ties back to your uh, good good order or uh, good times feast. Yes. uh, In French, it is... It's the Ordre de Bontemps. Which I think is actually better. I think we shouldn't even bother with the English, because... (laughs) That's just, that's like good times order is basically what it is. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. That's much better than order of good cheer. Allegedly, in 1606, Samuel de Champlain, in order to keep his people from getting scurvy, started a rotation of feasts, which he called the order of good cheer. Um, And he invited some local Mi'kmaq families um, to participate. I don't know how many actually did. The first one was held. Apparently, they know the exact date, the 14th of November, 1606, which kind of amazes me that they knew exactly the date. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised they didn't say 14th of November, 1606, and dinner was served at 5 (laughs) o'clock. And dancing was at 7, yeah, yeah. But in actual fact, it was a very, um, it was actually supposed to celebrate the return of this guy who has a really long name, Jean de Biencourt de Poutrincourt. Apparently it was a feast, and it also included discharging of musketry and as much noise as could be made by 50 men. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, what's a good party without uh, shooting, sure, shooting, shooting off the guns after dinner? guns and uh, <laughs> making a lot of noise. Yeah, that's right. Did they, my, my search said something about how they thought that maybe scurvy was, it was possible to keep scurvy at bay with not just good food, but also like exercise and entertainment. Uh, mine didn't find like anything sit, like that, like but sitting, it doesn't surprise me. Like, they thought that sitting still was like the recipe right. for scurvy, so the opposite <laughs> of that was, let's have a party. Right. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. It's a great reason to have a party. So next time I'm sick, I shouldn't just sit still. I should just like get, get yeah. out my gun and get fire off a few rounds. <laughs> Make as much noise as you possibly She's can. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Not just get out your gun, get out your musket yeah. and your black powder and load that up. 
I'll do that with a fever. We'll see what happens. So I did come across the um, the whole uh, 1621 mm. Pilgrim first Thanksgiving mm-hmm. turkey squash and pumpkin thing. I didn't really go too far into that because um, I was trying to stick with Canadian things. Mm-hmm. Although it was actually surprisingly difficult to find information about Canadian Thanksgiving. The first official national Thanksgiving Day in Canada was in 1859, as I think you mentioned that already, mm-hmm. celebrated in the province of Canada. Mm. Um, but you did mention that it was a very religious ceremony in lots of places. And um, in Canadian history, Thanksgiving really was a lot about religion. Um, and this first Thanksgiving ties religion and nationalism together, which actually really floated my boat. I got mm. right into the idea of this whole nationalist thing. and. Um, you didn't get distracted by food like I did? I did later on, <laughs> but because uh, it was getting on to lunchtime. But yeah. uh, So anyway, the first National Thanksgiving Day was organized at the request of the Protestant clergy who were uh, um, trying to appropriate an American holiday, which had begun in 1777. Uh, but they in Canada, they wanted it to be intended for the public and solemn recognition of God's mercies. But in, on top of that, they also wanted, like you had already mentioned, actually, they wanted to uh, kind of solidify this idea that Canada was a country of Protestant, uh, basically Protestant white people. And, uh, and so why not let's have, start having some church services to celebrate Canada as this particular identity. And it tied national holi- this national holiday into this identity of Canada as a Protestant right. nation. Um, so this is our version of Thanksgiving, and this is what Canadians will do on Thanksgiving, and this is... Right. It has nothing to do with Indigenous peoples or the pilgrims. This right. is... Yeah, and this is what it means to be Canadian on Thanksgiving. Yeah, our yeah. Canadian Thanksgiving, this very first one in uh, 1859, didn't have anything to do with Indigenous yeah. peoples. Right. It didn't even mention them, I don't think. Um, and probably not much to do... Like, you might have had turkey dinner, but... Not much to do with, like... No, it was about going to church yeah. and thanking God for this great Protestant country that we live in. And which also leads back to the reason why Thanksgiving currently, which in Quebec is called Action de Grâce, is not a very big holiday because uh, this was a, started out as a Protestant holiday and the Protestants couldn't stand the Catholics. So most of the Catholics in Quebec obviously are not going to want to be celebrating a holiday that the... Uh, uh, the Protestant community in the rest of the country is really, and probably they were, you know, saying you're Catholic, you can't participate mm-hmm. in just like a lot of things in Canada at that time. Um, so anyway, the first Thanksgiving as an annual event in Canada was actually on the 6th of November, 1879. I think you mentioned that maybe. Um, no, I talked more about <laughs> 18, 1872 <laughs> to celebrate <laughs> Prince Edward's recovery. Um, but over the years, really different things had happened with Canadian Thanksgiving. Um, like in 1921, they tied it to Armistice Day, mm. which had just started as a national holiday, and they were trying to actually uh, make that holiday kind of more significant. And so they tied a Thanksgiving mm. service, you know, thanking God for all the things that we have to Armistice Day, which is that first uh, closest it was the Monday closest to November 11th Armistice Day so they kind of tied Thanksgiving in on just on night in 1921 um, but on the 31st of January 1957 they officially declared the second Monday in October Thanksgiving in Canada 
However, apparently the Maritimes don't celebrate it as a stat holiday. They still don't have it as a stat holiday. It's only every other province in Canada has it as a stat holiday. Uh, however, in Quebec, I mentioned it's called the Action de Grasse. Um, but in uh, the Maritimes, it's really just you Observed, get the day off if you want the day, like if your yeah. if your employer takes the day off. Yeah. Um, but in Upper Canada, going back to this whole nation building and nation national identity kind of thing. Upper Canadian politicians were looking for a reason or a way to create a national identity after Confederation. And Thanksgiving was a really great way to do that. Holidays are great ways to create uh, nation building. So, you know, like, in, or, um, not Independence Day because we don't have that, but um, Victoria Day, Dominion Day. These are holidays that are specifically designed to celebrate the nation or this idea of the nation that some people um, believe, not everybody necessarily, because, you know, this whole white Protestant nation that celebrates farm, family, and religion isn't everybody really takes out, you know, any person who's an immigrant to the country (laughs) afterwards, all the indigenous communities and... uh, but holidays in general have pr- traditionally been ways to, for nation building. And uh, around the time of Confederation, that's what they're trying to do, is they're trying to create almost these contrived ideas of what, what is Canada, well, who are we, and how are we different from the United States? So we created a holiday that is just slightly different from the United States. Yeah, that's right. Um, but, but still fairly close because, you know, there were lots of loyalists that came to Canada after the American Revolutionary War. And I saw so, a source said that that's where the, the traditional menu came to Canada because it wouldn't the menu me. that Frobisher and Champlain had w- wouldn't have matched no, that, right? <laughs> that's not available. Um, and so the, the our menu is, is, yeah. Amer- is so, Amer- especially in Ontario, is so American because the loyalists yeah. would have brought their menu, basically. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, and then uh, this group of, of people around the time of Confederation called the Canada First Movement Mm. got involved in the whole idea of pushing Thanksgiving as a national holiday, celebrating national identity. Um, And they were really all about this whole idea of white Protestant nation um, that celebrated all the good things, you know, farming and um, family and going to church and all of that kind of thing. If you go to an Anglican church. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And there was a quote uh, on this section of the research I did that said, the country that prays together stays together. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was kind of interesting. So that's a little bit different. We wouldn't hear language like that. Not in Canada, but you might hear it in the United States, actually. Right, yeah, that's true. Um, Because now we have a lot more of a division of church and state. But back, you know, now in the United States, you see less of that. You see a lot more. Like, I would think that if you heard the country that prays together stays together actually would be potentially something you might hear in modern, uh, a modern um, American mm-hmm. celebration. Yeah. So from there, oh, and then this also led to this idea that Canada had some moral superiority to the United States. Uh-huh. Canada has traditionally, over the centuries defined itself as not American in a lot of ways. And a lot of our identity building, even at Confederation and shortly after Confederation, was all about this idea that we're not American. Mm -hmm. That's why we should be a separate country. And so part of that led to this whole idea of moral superiority. Mm -hmm. Because the Americans, Abraham Lincoln um, and his administration, they actually really solidified more about Thanksgiving after the American Civil War, and part of that was a nation-building mm-hmm. um, 
kind of the same idea as what they're doing in Canada, but in the States, they're trying to create this specific idea of the nation um, around um, this, you know, indigenous uh, participation and uh, cooperation at the founding of the country at Plymouth Rock and blah 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 and so Abraham Lincoln was trying to almost like deflect this whole thing that had happened in the American Civil and War rebuild, over slavery yeah. and stuff like that and well, Canadians are doing the same kind of thing and they're actually using um, things happening in the states and trying to say well Canada has a moral superiority to the United States because we never had slavery which is, of course, not true. But um, <laughs> and then the whole indigenous issue of you know all of the things that we've done to the indigenous people over the years, and we're doing at the time, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. Um, so that uh, was also another kind of part of the whole nation building uh, um, kind of identity that leads to Thanksgiving um, and all a lot of holidays. Thanksgiving isn't the only one, but Thanksgiving for sure. Mm-hmm. So from it's not, there, it's not surprising though because the vacuum that was left by uh, first the British leaving the United States after the after the Revolutionary War, but then also the slow, slow, slow pull of the British out of Canada right. leaves this vacuum of like who the heck are we, and the dominating United States next to us is it's it's not a surprise that that kind of thing happens where we might put together a bunch of different traditions from a bunch of different places and then say that we're better at it than everyone else. <laughs> because we want to say we're different from the people that that's are right. next door to us, right? Yeah. Um, and that's been the way Canadians it fe- have it identified certainly themselves feels for like, hundreds like of years. like grasping at yeah. these ideas so that we've got something to stand on. Yeah, but then at the same time, it did seem like the Americans were doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like Thanksgiving wasn't a national holiday either until after the Civil War, I think, and yeah. uh, they made it that way because they needed something to, to grasp onto that Bring is much more positive together. than um, we just had the worst war in our history yeah. and a lot of people died and we're still fighting over slavery. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Hmm. So from there, I ended up on the tangent about the Butterball Turkey talk line. <laughs> <laughs> this is a strange tangent from that location. Uh, but then I got to... Uh, in that article I found about the Butterball Turkey hotline, that was just a link actually at the end of this other article that was about a feast, a Thanksgiving feast uh, in Canada in the 1930s. And it, so I've, I got a little off track with the 19, this 1930s feast. And so they said in 1930s that the feast should be festive enough to suit the occasion, but not so elaborate that it taxes the purse. Or that it taxes the purse unduly or makes too many demands upon the housekeeper's strength and time. Hmm. It also had a huge menu of what should be eaten in the different courses. Do you even have courses as part of your Thanksgiving dinner? We just put it all on the table other than dessert and eat. Not (laughs) anymore. We might have done courses when my grandmother was in charge of dinner. She's probably like this era. I'd have to think about it, but today uh, it's really just bring it all out and hurry up and eat. And it also said that the texture of the food should be varied enough to prevent monotony, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> well, so if, if you have fruit in the first course, which apparently was quite common to have a fruit cup in your first course, hmm. uh, you shouldn't have fruit in your jello salad. 
<laughs> yeah, but I don't like the other type of Jello salad. I would. I remember specifically. I wrote this down actually. My favorite food was my grandmother's Jello salad, but not with cranberries. If it had cranberries in it, I couldn't eat it. No I would only eat the green because it came in a green bowl and it was green color with the apples. It's like I will only eat the green Jello salad. I wouldn't eat anything else. And so she stopped making the other one. I love, Even though my sister liked the other one. That's funny. <laughs> I love the jello salad that has cheese in it. It's such an cheese. odd combination, but so good. What? Oh, that's weird. That's wild. Can um, we just talk about jello salad, though, for a second? Like, sure. what the heck is jello, jello salad? <laughs> and where did it come from? Because even though it was my favorite as a kid, I don't understand. I love Jello salad because I love jello. And I think that it was one of those. You Isn't know, jello a wartime thing, though? Like, Yeah, but by, in the 19. Uh, um, 40s, 50s, right. you know, Jello was so popular. Thing, like, yeah. why not have a salad made out of Jello? <laughs> and then maraschino cherries. Like, what the heck? Everybody was eating everything with maraschino cherries in it, right. which is pretty crazy. But uh, I don't know where it came from, but I love it. <laughs> I didn't find that in my research, right. but I do love it. Um, and I did find out one thing, though, that I don't agree with because one source said that Canadians don't have. Um, candied uh or yeah candied sweet potatoes with marshmallows on top which is totally not true because my sister loves sweet potatoes with marshmallows on top and we have it all the time at thanksgiving but this source said that's the difference between canadian and american thanksgiving we don't have sweet potatoes i I think you might be the exception (laughs) because i have only recently heard about this from american television Never, ever, ever had yeah, I marshmallows don't like it, on top. But my sister. What does that it. even taste like? It tastes really sweet. Basically, marshmallows Over. and sweet potatoes together. One of their entire menu that they had online for this particular uh, feast. Um, the one thing on there that I thought sounded really disgusting was turnip souffle. Well, you you um, raised your nose at parsnip fritters. Yes. See, I don't like and boiled onions either. either. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like onions. So I'm not a good one to talk about. <laughs> I just like the basic turkey thing, stuffing. Right. Mashed potatoes. So what what was on carrots. that menu? I didn't write it all down, oh, but okay. it included you know the basic stuff, yeah. turkey stuffing and all that. But turnip souffle sounded totally disgusting to me. Sorry, I got on a tangent about other menus and found a website that had 40, the 40 things you should have at Thanksgiving. 40? I know, it's crazy. Good Lord. Didn't we just finish saying that it shouldn't break the bank and wear out the housekeeper? Yeah, and in the end, it wasn't even stuff that I could even imagine that most people would have. (laughs) Um, Brussels sprouts with beer, maple, and bacon. I'm already tired. Okay. I'm already like, is this is like okay? We need to create a Canadian menu. <laughs> Let's uh, think about something right now. Brussels sprouts are really popular. Let's cook them in beer, maple, and bacon. <laughs> of course, there's mashed potatoes, cornbread, stuffing. They did have cabbage on here, cooked cabbage, which didn't look very appetizing <laughs> in my mind. Jack. Turkey, sweet potatoes, biscuits. Uh-huh. Made me think. Oh, we so should have biscuits for Thanksgiving this year. That's a different type of carb, which I think there's there's a separate compartment for. Let's right? hope it goes into the yeah. dessert compartment. I think I didn't write all forty down, but then the yeah. other one that I thought was actually interesting on the list was bannock. Oh, um, because I don't think I know a single person that eats bannock at Thanksgiving, but I'm sure there must be someone. The recipe didn't look all that challenging to make, but. I'm sure if I made it, it would just taste terrible based on the recipe. Um, I actually stopped and stepped off onto a weird tangent for like a 
couple minutes at this point yeah, after good. looking at that menu. Good. I was really hungry. Um, but anyway, I ended up with um, an article that talked about official reasons that different times they've given thanks and um, one of them that stood out for me, which I probably should have mentioned earlier in this whole official reason for giving thanks, but it was also in the same article I came across that that note about um, Thanksgiving for Prince, oh, uh, Prince, uh, Prince, Prince Edward. Uh, yeah. Edward. Yeah. Uh, it was in the same article, but in 1833 in Canada there was a Thanksgiving that was there were actually times throughout history, sorry, let me go back, there were times throughout history in Canada where the government has made a specific mention of what they wanted people to right. give thanks for. That's right, yeah. First World War, at the end of the war, there was one. But in 1833, one of the official reasons that the Canadian government put forward for giving thanks was the cessation of cholera. So there had wow. been a huge cholera epidemic uh, in Canada, which some people will hear about when they see our outbreak exhibit, which opens new, in the new year. Um, but there was a... I shouldn't cheer. <laughs> well, you I wasn't should cheer cheering. about the cessation of cholera because it's a terrible disease I wasn't have. cheering diseases. I was cheering <laughs> the opening of the exhibit. Anyway. Trust me, you probably want to give thanks after having had cholera if you survived it. But you might not want to eat the huge feast afterwards. You might yeah. still feel pretty terrible. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, in 1833, that was one of the official reasons for giving thanks. And uh, anyway, so I went off on that tangent. But then I came back to weird menu things related to Thanksgiving and came across this reference that said, in Canada, everyone drinks a shot of caribou for Thanksgiving. And I thought... I have never heard of this. I've lived here my whole life. I haven't heard of it I either. feel like I know a half-decent amount about Canadian culture. <laughs> I've never heard of what this shot of caribou was. So, listeners, if you have heard of this, mm. please send us a, a message on the blog because I'm really interested in hearing more about this because apparently it's... This caribou drink is basically what you want to make of it, but it has to include, or it does include, red wine, hard liquor, and maple syrup or sugar. So the hard liquor apparently could be whatever, vodka, gin, whatever. Whatever? Oh, goodness. Um, and then there's the red wine, and I feel like maple syrup should be the... What kind of red wine and what kind of hard liquor? Whatever I mean, you these want, are like I specific guess. things, though, like that could determine the... How good the drink is. Well, yeah, it could be really bad. I feel like it also like a needs some sort wine? of soda in there somewhere. Oh. Like, but is this a, is it a, is it a shot? It or says is it's it a, a shot. Okay. It says it's a shot of caribou, which. So I don't know what that looks like. So maybe it is terrible, and you just have to deal with it. I for almost the feel like we need to try out what a <laughs> shot of red wine, hard liquor, and maple syrup would taste like because. Like if it's only like a you know a one ounce shooter, how much of each one do you put in there? <laughs> so I wonder if this shot of caribou is a regional thing. Yeah, because I said honestly, Michigan. we have no caribou here in southern Ontario um, that are here now, and so you know it'd be difficult to yeah to find a caribou it's like a here. Northwest Territories thing. Uh, so I wonder if the this particular drink comes from a, a different region yeah. and, which is why i've never heard of it um mm. so anyway that was my that's where i got in an hour i, wonder, I really was more interested in in a lot of the stuff related to nation building and the holidays but mm. i couldn't find a lot of great sources online i feel like there it's a almost like a blind spot in written history that would be interesting to investigate more. Although I always have found that turkey seems like such an odd thing for us to be eating for Thanksgiving, don't you? Like, maybe it's because I'm not from a r rural community, but I have, 
other than in a zoo. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what else would you where like me to going? eat? Where are we going with this? Well, what other, other bird than would you in like a me zoo, to eat? I've never seen a turkey. I've oh. seen wild turkeys, though, I suppose. They're wild turkeys that live in the field behind our house. So maybe we're talking wild turkeys here, although I don't know if I'd want to eat one of those. They seem kind of gamey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm That's thinking, so... like, why wasn't, like, pheasant or, I don't know. Um, well, pheasants are... Goose or... You know, something like that. that Goose is... is Christmas. Pheasant is to do with the shoot. So you can't shoot pheasant out of season. Oh, and you can't gosh. touch pheasants that don't belong to you. I guess. So, like, that's how do true. you... Like, but where did these turkeys like, in come terms from? Of, in terms of, Were like... Were these, I'm like, farmed turkeys? Like, see, this is something I yeah. didn't have a time to look into. But I now that I'm thinking about it, I wish that that was the tangent I had gone on. So is there to are... To hear more about how turkey ended up being the most popular meal at Thanksgiving. You're right that there are a bunch of different breeds of turkeys. <laughs> Uh, wild turkey, I would assume, is what they ate back in the 1600s. Like, they weren't breeding turkeys at that time. But there are, um, the like, a heritage breed of turkey, sure. just like chickens, um, that are for the food, the Thanksgiving food part. And that's, like, the big brown turkey with the big yeah, yeah. fluffy, uh, not fluffy, uh, feathery fanned out tail that, like, you see at the parades and anthropomorphized in uh, cartoons and stuff like that. But wild turkeys, you're right, are black and they look closer to vultures than um, than what we think is Thanksgiving turkey. They're kind of scrawny and wiry. And weird, yeah. Yeah. But it's funny that you say that, that you you don't imagine, you can't visualize a, a, a turkey because my dad would go out and pick a turkey. Really? Like a live turkey, yeah. eh? Yeah. Wow. He has picked out the turkey that we, like, he went and met the turkey before bringing it back. Right. So, being a rural family, right. yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. That was my my adventure in Thanksgiving. Yeah. I can't wait for Thanksgiving. I, I was just going to ask you, what are your Thanksgiving plans? Uh, well, we're going to have dinner. My whole, but whole on family. The Sunday, on the on Monday? On the Sunday, because oh. the, the, uh, the two kids have to go back to school. Right. Um, on Monday. But uh, so we'll have our thing on Sunday, and we will have turkey and mashed potatoes and stuffing, of course, and uh, um, sweet potatoes with marshmallows <laughs> on them. I'm actually considering making a Jello salad this year. I'm gonna I think look you have for to, our no. recipe. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to look for a recipe. With I have actually have one of those brass molds at home that I could use to that came off my mom's wall that oh I can gosh. use. I don't have the cornucopia one, but. But I should, though. I wish I had it now that I've been talking so about vintage. it. So vintage. I know. It would have been great. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, pumpkin pie and apple pie. I love apple pie, too. All the fun stuff. And then we'll probably just sit around and go into some sort of food coma afterwards. Yeah. How yeah. about you? Uh, we're a big football family, so they'll probably be... I think we're probably going to eat on Monday, because I'm... My schedule is all weird, and my sister's schedule is all weird, and everybody's everywhere this year. So it's probably just my immediate family this year. But we're a big football family, so there's a CFL doubleheader, right, and then there's probably American football just because it's a Monday and a Sunday, right? So there'll be a lot of a lot of football that weekend. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Yay. Yay. We love Thanksgiving. Thanks for coming down the rabbit hole with us. Tune in next time for the season finale of One Hour in the Past with a discussion of Standard Time. 
You can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash St. Catherine's Museum or on Twitter and Instagram at STC Museum. One Hour in the Past is produced by us, Adrian Petrie and Kathleen Powell, and brought to you by the St. Catharines Museum and Welland Canal Center and the City of St. Catharines. 